0: You ready to dive in this morning? Let's jump in. We're in a series called uh, "The God I Never Knew," uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't talk about uh, the Holy Spirit, don't know about the Holy Spirit. Those that do probably don't give Him enough attention in their lives. So we're focusing on and um, just really opening ourselves up to the work of the Holy Spirit in our in our lives. Um, Over the last few weeks, we have clearly shown that the Holy Spirit is God, that the Holy Spirit is a person, and that this person yearns, remember this a couple weeks ago, he's jealous for an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. We also stated that he's generous, that the Holy Spirit is generous, and that he loves to give gifts. Anybody here like gifts? Anybody like to receive gifts? Gifts, how many people, your love language is gifts, okay? <clears throat> well, it's not necessarily mine, but it could be. So uh, if you feel led to give anything, I'm, uh, just let me know, okay? <laughs> but the Holy Spirit does, he, uh, he gives gifts, and the greatest gift that he gives is the gift of his presence of himself. It's not the only gift he gives, it's just a wonderful gift and it's the starting point because out of his presence in our lives, there are so many more things that flow in our lives. Maybe you've heard about the gifts of the Spirit. So his presence in us begins to birth, it seeds in us all these other things that God wants to do, uh, wants to do for us, do in us, and do through us. I think a lot of times when you start talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit that there's a lot of confusion uh, people really maybe haven't studied or don't understand that in the scripture, when you look at the scripture, there are actually uh, several lists, we'll talk about those in just a minute, of the gifts of the Spirit. But but really what we're going to do today is we're going to say, we're going to do what Paul says, okay? Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1, he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, okay? Now he says this, now concerning, he says it multiple times in the book of Corinthians because he's responding to questions, Okay. He's answering questions in letters that have been written to him. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Isn't it comforting to know that even in the early church, there were questions about the Holy Spirit? So if you've got a question about the Holy Spirit, about the gifts of the operation of the Holy Spirit, you're in good company, All right. So when we look at this word here, this the spiritual gifts. The word there, um, the word there for spirituals is is really it's pneumaticos, okay, in the Greek, and and it really means breath, wind, air. Anybody here own any pneumatic tools? you ever heard of a pneumatic tool? We've got some people, okay. Real men own pneumatic tools. Uh, I have a three pound air compressor, so my I don't have any. <laughs> but what it means? It means air powered, okay. And what we're talking about here are spiritual gifts that are empowered by the breath, the pneuma, the wind, the presence of God. So none of us, as the scripture says here, wants to be ignorant. And okay, the apostle's not calling people ignorant. He's just saying that we don't want you to be uninformed. And I can tell you for Pastor Chris and for myself, we we don't want anybody here in this body to be uninformed or to be uneducated about the spiritual, the God-empowered, God-breathed gifts of the Holy Spirit that he puts, that he offers to each and every one of us. So um, let, let me just say, we want to know the purpose of the gifts, we want to know how they function, and we want to know the benefits that they bring into our lives. Now when we think about these gifts, I, wanna, uh, I mentioned earlier that there's different lists. So you see the motivational gifts in Romans chapter 12, you see the manifestation gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to be talking about that today, there are ministry gifts that we also find in, in 1 Corinthians 14, talks about that. And then there are gifts or ministerial gifts that are given to the church, which you read about those, the, the, the five-fold ministry that um, are gifts to the church, the pastors, the prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists, those are gifts, so, uh, gifts to the church. But today, we're focusing on the manifestation gifts. So you ready to jump in? Everybody ready? Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's read beginning in verse 7. But the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit is given to each one. Now, I would encourage you to highlight that word right there, underline it, okay? Is given to each one for the profit of all, for the benefit of each person. For to one is given the word of knowledge through the spirit, to another, the word of I'm sorry, to, a word of wisdom through the spirit, to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another, the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another the tr- interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing, giving to each one, there's that each one again, each one as he wills, okay? So do we have any each ones here today? Are you in each one? Turn to the person beside you and say, hey, he's talking about you, right? Every single person here, okay, as the Holy Spirit wills, can work, can, can minister in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And what are the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? To edify and to encourage, to build up, to strengthen, to strengthen the body, okay? So we're going to jump in here. We just read about nine gifts from, chapter, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to talk about these nine gifts just a little more intentionally. Now, obviously, each of these gifts that we're going to talk about could be a whole uh, sermon in its own, could be a whole class, you know, a whole class on its own. And uh, so we're just going to be touching base on on these, okay? Um, As we're thinking about these nine gifts, let me remind you, sometimes we think, well, that one of those gifts, I've got to get one of the gifts, and then it's going to be my gift. Can I say this? You don't have one of the gifts, all right? It's not your gift, it's the gift of the Holy Spirit to work in and through you as He wills. And the good news is, you can be used by the Holy Spirit to minister in any of these gifts. So, all of these gifts are for you and for the benefit, for the edification of the church. First category, revelation, or I like to call the knowing gifts. The, um, the first two things that we're going to talk about here are the gift of knowledge and the gift of wisdom. They're very closely associated, and many times what you'll see is that they interact with each other. Uh, the reason being is that knowledge is information and wisdom is direction. So wisdom needs knowledge to act, and knowledge needs direction by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, okay? So they, they, they connect closely. Here's our first definition. You ready? If you want to take these definitions down, I think that would be good. If you don't want to take them down, I think it would still be good to write them down, all right? So, word of knowledge. To know something specific, a word of knowledge is to know something specific without having learned it through natural means." One of the things we see throughout the ministry of Jesus is that he operated, okay, in all of Jesus' life, he ministered in the power, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. There were time after time after time when we find that Jesus knew things that went beyond just natural understanding. It wasn't something you learned in school, not something you learned from your parents, something that came by the Holy Spirit. Uh, One example of this is in John chapter 4. There's the story of the woman at the well. It's a great story to read, John chapter 4. Jesus goes and he meets this woman at the well and he asks her for a drink and she says, well, how is it that you talk to me? And, and uh, you know, you're know, you a Jew and I'm a Samaritan and we're not, we don't really get along. And Jesus said, well, hey, listen, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for a drink because I give people water, I give people water and when I give it to them, they never thirst again. And she begins to say, hey, you know what? I, I discern that maybe there's something more to you than just, uh, than just this uh, natural person. And he says, he says, yes, I'm here to offer you living water, eternal water. I'm here to offer you a new life. He said, now to start this life, here's what I want you to do. Go get your husband and come back and talk to me. All right? So go get your husband, come back and talk to me. And what she say, um, <laughs> well, I'd really like to do that, but um, I don't have a husband. And here's where it kicks in. Jesus says, you're right. You say rightly that you don't have a husband because you've had five husbands, and the man that you're living with now, he's not your husband. Now, now, how did Jesus know that? Some people say, well, he's Jesus. He knew everything. Well, he didn't, okay? When he was on earth, remember, he put aside that ability, those characteristics of God, so he knew it by the Holy Spirit. He knew it by the Holy Spirit. Jesus lived and ministered and worked by the Holy Spirit. And you know what? That's how we, um, that's how we live as well. Amen. Amen. So the second thing is the word of wisdom. A definition for a word of wisdom could be a divine answer or a solution for a particular event. Anybody here ever needed divine answers for situations and circumstances in your life? Man, I sure have. And I thank God for the times when the word of wisdom has come along to answer or to solve a difficult problem. Anybody watching Chosen? Anybody seen Chosen? Isn't that pretty cool, you guys? If you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. One of my favorite scenes so far, and chosen has been when the disciples have been out fishing all night they come to shore they're worn out they didn't catch anything okay um and so that's this was their profession but they had failed at it they bring their boats up to shore jesus is teaching on shore in this version jesus gets in the boat begins to do a little teaching and then before he steps out of the boat he says hey guys by the way why don't you throw your nets over there on the other side of the boat and uh, as they throw their nets over, they're going, man, this guy—he's not a fisherman. Why didn't he stay to his own business? You know, to keep preaching and teaching, just doing whatever he's doing. And all of a sudden, they start to pull the nets, and the water just begins to boil with fish. Now, if you like to fish, that makes you excited, right there. I'm, t- <laughs> right? I'd love to have a catch like that. But you know what? Jesus did this. He solved a problem He through this word of wisdom. They had caught nothing. Now they had more than enough. How? Because God told them. Because Jesus told them by the Holy Spirit where to fish and when to fish. It was a word of wisdom. Another is the discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is the ability to recognize, identify, and distinguish between various kinds of spirits. Okay. Various kinds of spirits. We see an example of this in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas, they're in Philippi, and they're doing this ministry. They're, they're teaching people. They're seeing people ministered to and saved and healed and all kinds of great stuff. And all of a sudden, one day, this young girl shows up, and she begins to declare, these are men of God, these are men of God, and these are men of God. And that sounds like that's a pretty good deal, right? Except that this woman was known in her community to be a fortune teller, okay? That she was um, being controlled by a demonic spirit. And so, listen, if somebody's gonna validate your ministry, you don't want it to be a demonically uh, filled person, right? <laughs> so, and so Paul, I love this in the scripture, Paul gets, uh, says he gets annoyed, and then he looks at this girl, and he speaks to the spirit and casts the spirit out. But you know what happened there? Paul discerned, that there was an evil spirit working in this woman's life. Um, this, uh, this whole section here I, I read and have listened to a, 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 some material by Robert Morris, and I think he does a really good teaching on this uh, area about discerning of spirits. He says this, he said, Keep in mind that the gift is discerning of spirits, not discernment. This week, I was sitting at lunch with some guys, and this guy says, oh, man, he's got the gift of discernment. I thought, oh, no, he doesn't, (laughs) (laughs) because there is no gift of discernment in the Bible. A lot of times, I think, when people talk about the gift of discernment, what they're saying is, oh, I can discern something about that person or that person or uh, what they're wearing or what they're doing, (laughs) you know, and a lot of times, what they're really doing is just operating in a critical spirit. The gift is... The discerning of spirits, okay? One more time. It's the discerning of spirits. We are to have, the Bible says, we're to have our senses trained by, use, um, uh, of, by, by our using them. We are to be people who grow up and become more discerning. We are people who are supposed to, um, to be able to, to understand things that are good and bad and things that aren't you know, uh, going the way they should. But that's not the gift of discernment. That's being a discerning, uh, being a discerning person. Again, there is no gift of discernment. The problem is when people say they have the gift of discernment, then their judgment becomes the final word on things. Because you know what they're saying, this is God's opinion. Well, a lot of times it's just their opinion, and the problem that what happens, you know what it happens in churches, it happens all over the place is um, that there's no edification, there's no exhortation, and there's no comfort. Now, I I thank God for discerning people. We want to be people who have discernment. Honestly, Yvette is one of the most discerning people I know. And her sensitivity and her mature discernment has helped me in so, so many uh, ways throughout life. We're going to continue to grow in discernment. I believe personally that discernment is one of the most needed characteristics in the body of Christ right now. Can I also tell you that there's times when the gift of discernment will come in and will help us in supernatural ways to deal with things that go beyond just our human understanding. How many people think that we live in a world where we might need the Holy Spirit to help us to understand, to stand, to understand, to discern when an evil spirit is trying to work in our family and trying to come in, sow seeds of division or try to, to, to attack or tear down or disrupt people's lives? but can I tell you we need it we need it in our churches we need it in our businesses we need it in life so amen amen Amen. so the discernment of spirit okay to know those things which are of God and uh, which are not amen second group of characteristics are the speaking or the declarative gifts now again we're going to go really quickly through this all right So first of all, prophecy. Prophecy is a message of encouragement from God through a person. The New Testament says that prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and for comfort. Not to try to convict or to try and correct somebody. Amen? Okay, it's for comfort, edification, and exhortation. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 31 says, For you can all prophesy one by one that you may learn and that all may be encouraged. So what's the purpose of prophecy? It's for edification, for exhortation, for comfort, for learning. You know what happens when someone prophesies is we learn the voice of God. This morning we had uh, in throne room, it was great. We had several um, times where there was words of knowledge, uh, there was prophecy that was given forward. So we can all prophesy one at a time. There's not one person here this morning that's in a right relationship with Jesus Christ who can't by the work of the Holy Spirit in your life prophesy, Amen. So, so that's, that, that's good. Why? Because prophecy brings encouragement to the body. We'll, we'll say more about this in just a second. Okay? The second uh, gift here in the speaking gifts is uh, speaking with tongues. Speaking in tongues is speaking a message from God in a language not known by the person speaking. Now, here we're talking about the manifestation of tongues in the body, in the church, okay? Uh, not talking about an individual prayer language. So, again, there's a different, uh, different function of people speaking in tongues. And this speaking in tongues ties very, the gift of speaking in tongues ties very closely to the gift of the interpretation of tongues, So the interpretation of tongues is understanding and expressing the thought of the message in tongues. Let me say that again. Listen, understanding and expressing the thoughts of the message in tongues. It's interpretation of tongues, not translation of tongues. Uh, maybe you've been in a service where somebody spoke in tongues for a minute or two, and somebody gave a ten-minute uh, uh, they give a ten-minute uh, response to it. They interpreted or they translated. You know what? Why does that happen? I've been in services like that. Somebody would give a very short message in tongues, and then somebody would give a long, a longer explanation. Why? Because it's not a translation of what's being said, it's an interpretation. Translation is a word for word, um, is a word for-word expression of what's spoken. Interpretation is giving the thought or the intent of the message. I can remember years ago, a few, a few years ago, being in Romania, and I was speaking, and uh, George, one of the ministry leaders over there, um, our Romania team, will get to meet him in just a few weeks. But uh, George was um, taking a lot longer um, after I would speak and then he would interpret, he would take a lot longer than what I was saying. And so finally I asked him, I said, are, are you saying what I'm saying? And he looked at me and said, no, I'm saying what you're trying to say. So I'm, <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> what you really want to say. So, um, so we see here that, uh, that tongues and interpretation functioning together. Okay. Um, they're very impactful. They're very important to the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 5 says this, I wish that you all spoke with tongues. Now, some of you may have grown up in churches where you've probably never heard that verse of Scripture. It's like they've kind of, you know, redacted that or they've blacked that out of the Scripture. But that's something that we um, we need to take consideration of. The Scripture says, the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church, I wish that you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. And there's some churches that will stop right there. Oh, okay, we just prophesy, and you don't need tongues, but listen to this. It says, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless, unless, indeed he interprets. Why? That the church may receive edification. So Paul's saying, hey, I want everybody to prophesy, and I want there to be tongues and interpretation. I want them both to be active in the church. Why? So that people could be encouraged, so that people could be built up, so that people could be, in, could be strengthened. And so basically what Paul's saying is, I want every single person to operate in the giftings of the Holy Spirit so that you can be encouraged and that your faith can be built up, and then through you, other people's faith can be built up as well. Wouldn't that be a good thing if everybody was encouraged? Hallelujah. Anybody here ever need to be encouraged? Amen. Anybody ever want to be an encouragement to anybody else? Amen. Well, that's what God wants. So um, the third thing, power gifts are the dynamic gifts. And this is our final section here. The first of the dynamic gifts or the power gifts is faith. Faith. Okay. The gift of faith is the supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. I don't know about you, but I've faced lots of situations in my life where I've needed more faith than I had. Anybody here? Okay, you get a bad report, you get a life change situation, you get fired at your job, you have an accident, you know, things change. And all of a sudden, you need more faith than you got. And a lot of times, you know what? The Holy Spirit will come and bring a gift of faith into our lives. I think it's interesting that faith is mentioned as both the fruit of the Spirit, but also a gift of the Holy Spirit. You know why that is? Because without faith, nothing happens in God. Amen? Everything happens by faith. By faith, we're saved. By faith, we believe. By faith, we live. By faith, we have our being. The Scripture says that the just shall live by faith. But the manifestation of the gift of faith is something more. It's faith that goes to a higher level. Have you ever just been able to believe for something? You know, you've had this God desire in your heart, and no matter what circumstances look like, you knew it was going to happen because God had given you an impartation of extra faith. The manifestation of the gift of faith is the kind of faith that calms storms. Okay, the storm's still going on, but it's the steps to the front of our lives and calms the storms. It moves mountains. It gives the ability for us to hold on even when everything looks like it's going wrong. When that marriage looks like it's gonna crumble and you say, I'm staking my claim right here, I'm standing in faith and saying, no, our marriage is not gonna be a disaster. No, my child is not gonna stay away from God. No, I'm not gonna give in to this sickness and the disease. No, this is not the time of financial ruin in my life. We're gonna stand in faith by this gift that God gives to us, amen? amen I think about the the people in at the Jericho walls gonna keep marching I don't know about you but about about that fourth fifth time around the around the walls nothing happened I'd be going guys I'm out of here I got other things to do you know my favorite shows on television supper's ready you know I'm I'm just checking out here but they kept on by the word of the Lord they kept on in faith I think about that when the disciples were in the boat and in the storm, and all they had was a word from Jesus that were going from this side to that side. That's why Jesus said when they got upset, ye of little faith. You know what they needed? They needed an impartation. They needed the gift of faith operating in their lives so they could make it through. Anybody here say, man, I could use the gift of faith in my life today so there's situations I can make it on through. The second thing is the gifts. Listen, the gifts, plural, of healings I have said that wrong for years the gift of healing but in the scriptures in the original language it is plural it's the gifts of healing the gifts of healings are supernatural endowments of divine health again notice the plural the plural of the gifts and the plural of the healings you know what I think this means I think this means that there are many different types of healings for the many different needs in our lives. Can can I say it like this? For every place where you have a need for healing in your heart, mind, soul, or body, can I tell you there is a gift of God available to meet that need in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. I I believe that. I, I believe that. Jesus' life was filled with the manifestations of healing. In many different ways he healed people. Goes to the pool of Bethesda. There's a whole bunch of sick people around. What's he do? He picks out one man. Tells him, pick up your bed and walk. And that man was healed. Another time there were many on the uh, there were many at the mountainside and it says many of those people doesn't say all those people were healed said many of them were healed there's a, in one area the scripture says that everybody was healed okay one many everybody uh, another time somebody come up, came up and they just touched the hem of his garment it was done in a different way right they drew healing out of him so there are multiple gifts for multiple types of healings. Multiple types of healings. What's that mean? It means don't put God in a box, guys. Amen? It means we're not gonna limit God to do something the way we think he should do it, how we've seen it done. We're gonna stay in faith. We're gonna stay open to the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna let him do whatever he wants to do in us and through us so that he can minister in others and through others as well. Amen? Anybody, anybody here ever been healed? Man, I, I've been healed. But can I tell you what? I've been healed, and I'm still expecting. I'm still standing in faith, believing for some more healing to come forward. Amen? So remember, holy the healing comes from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it comes immediately. Sometimes it comes medically. Sometimes it comes over a long period of time. But can I tell you that this? Every healing, every manifestation of healing, no matter how it, or how it comes, is a gift from Almighty God. And we should give Him praise for it. Amen? Amen. Uh, Workings of miracles. Workings of miracles. Workings of miracles is the divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. Often these miracles uh, operate beyond natural laws. They go beyond just what would take place. They certainly go beyond our understanding, right? I I don't know how the sun stood still. I, I don't know how that there have been times when when there's been times when um, there were issues that can 't be reconciled i don 't know how that has anybody ever looked at your um, bank account you go i can't afford to tithe, but I go ahead and tithe and then find out that look I made it how I made it through somehow the check bound, the checkbook says it's not going to work, but we walk in obedience to God, you know what miraculously God makes it work Amen. Is there, is there anybody here today that maybe you've experienced a miracle in some area of your life? You've seen it happen. You've seen it take place. Go, hey, go, go ahead. And hold your hands up again. If you've experienced a miracle, look around. I want you to look around. Look around. Can I tell you this? God, I don't care what anybody else says. God still does miracles. He is still the miracle worker. Maybe it's been a physical healing or a financial miracle, Some type of miraculous, I could tell you story after story about God's miraculous protection. I could tell you about times, I mean literally. Uh, I could tell you about being, uh, leaving Delaware after working a a, a night shift or working a double shift and getting off at night and leaving to go and see Yvette when she was in Tennessee. And waking up in the middle of a median, sliding sideways in the car. And looking to my, out the, the window to my left, looking out and seeing a concrete embankment coming. And just the only thing I'd say was Jesus. And the next thing I knew was being back on the road, just, just going down the road, shaking, but, <laughs> but going down the road. I'm telling you, God still works miracles, miraculous protection. How about this? Is there anybody here that's saved today? Anybody saved? Can I tell you, if you are saved, if you're born again, if you've accepted the forgiveness and and lordship of Jesus Christ into your life, you've experienced one of the greatest miracles of all time. You have been transferred from death to life, from darkness to the kingdom of light. Amen? Amen. You are a walking, talking miracle. The bottom line of all of this is that any believer, any person, any person, any person right here today, right here in this place, can operate in any of the gifts of the Spirit as the Holy Spirit wills. And can I tell you this? He's willing. Listen to that. He's willing. Do you remember the time in the Scripture, the man? Jesus said, hey, what what do you want? He said, well, I want to be healed if you're willing. And Jesus said, I'm willing. Can I tell you today, the Holy Spirit is willing to minister. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not something to be afraid of, but they are something to be desired in our lives and in the lives of the church. As the Holy Spirit, as the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate, the church will be strengthened and increased opportunities will be given to us to share the love and the goodness of God with people all around us. Amen? Amen. Look, I'm telling you, the, the world is looking for people that have a, good, a message of good news. And to know that God works in and through our lives. I think that's good news. Amen? So earlier this week, I was laying in bed one night, and uh, I woke up, and the Lord decided to have a talk. Does anybody ever find it strange that God doesn't know when we're sleeping? Uh, He knows everything, but he doesn't know when we're sleeping, right? And so uh, at a normally appointed time, (laughs) the Lord, I kind of woke up, and the Lord said, let's talk. I was going, I've got all day. You want to talk at 3 o'clock in the morning? And he began to say this. He said, you know what? This, uh, this message that you've got here about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that's a great message. He said, uh, he said I'm, I'm really glad that you're speaking this message. He said, but I want it to be more than a message. He said, I want it to be something that people can experience. And I believe this morning that the Holy Spirit is ready to come and to release the workings of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in and through his people to his people today so here's what i want to ask is there anyone ready to experience maybe maybe you've never experienced the gift of salvation the greatest of miracles eternally your life to be changed but today you say you know what pastor i want to experience this miracle of salvation in my life i want my sins forgiven I want a new life. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand and say, that's me. Praise God. Woo! And so how about this? Who today is ready to say, I'm willing to fully yield my life to the Holy Spirit so he can use me, he can fill me and use me at any time with any of his holy gifts, his Holy Spirit gifts in my life. Anybody say, I want that. I want to yield myself, Holy Spirit, so that you can work in me, that you can work through me. Amen. Wow. Wow. Hey, just keep your hand up for a second. Pastor Chris, turn around and look. have got a church full of people, man. They want the Holy Spirit Amen. to so fill their... Can I tell you that, that this many people full of the Holy Spirit, willing to yield themselves to whatever, can, to whatever God wants to, can change the world. We can, come on, we can change the world. There's no limit to what God can do. No limit to what God can do. So anybody today, anybody today say, you know what, I'm in need of encouragement. I'm in need of healing. I'm in need of a miracle in my life. If that's you, I want to encourage you right now, if you're in need of healing in your body, if you're in need of encouragement in your heart or your mind, you're, you're just, you just want to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit. You're in need of a miracle in your life. Maybe it's a financial miracle. Maybe it's a relational miracle, a miracle in a relationship. Can I ask you right now, step out real quickly. Step out because this Holy Spirit-filled church This church that's going to operate in the fullness of the gifts of the Spirit is going to pray for you, and you're going to be ministered to, you're going to be comforted, you're going to be encouraged, you're going to be touched, you're going to be changed in the name of Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Do you believe it? Was it just a sermon or is it reality? Is it reality today, folks? Can the Holy Spirit work through us? Father, right now, Holy Spirit, right now, we thank you that you are a good God and that you give gifts to your children to minister, God, one to another, to see people strengthened, encouraged, comforted, healed, built up, saved in the name of Jesus. Some of you guys that lifted your hand to accept the Lord, you, uh, you're down here this morning just to say this with me, say, Lord Jesus, come on church, say it with me, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I know I've messed my life up, but I come to you right now. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your new life in me right now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for being my Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, amen, hallelujah. Let's rejoice, people accepting the Lord. We thank you for joining us. We just ask God right now, I say, God, minister. Holy Spirit, just minister in your people. God, works, miraculous works, the gifts of your spirit. God, just to bring encouragement, to bring comfort, to bring strength to every person. God, I pray that you will bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Amen.